those duos? As women, as women, we deal with many issues with our self-esteem. On the outside, we deal with things like, you know, maybe we feel like we're too short, too tall, too fat, or have too much cellulite, or we feel like we're too wrinkly, or too saggy, or maybe we're dealing with pimples. Some of us feel like our breasts are too big, or our breasts are too little. Some of us... <laughs> Glad I could make you laugh. Women, you know, we think sometimes we think our hair is, some people think their hair is too thin, some people's hair is too thick, too straight, too curly, it's the wrong color, it's too much gray, it's too greasy, it's not greasy enough, it's too brittle, or we have, this is the big one, we have hair in the wrong places. <laughs> some of us, you know, have problems with crooked teeth, or chipped teeth, or yellow teeth, or we're dealing with braces. We have noses that we think are too big or too long or too wide or a big butt or no butt. Our hips too wide or no hips or we have this belly pooch that never seems to go away. Some of us have legs are too long or legs are too short. <clears throat> Can anybody identify with any of that? <clears throat> That's kind of just what women do, you know. There's something wrong, you know. <laughs> But these things that, you know, we look at ourselves and we consider as imperfections or maybe things that we would like better about ourselves, these things can weigh on us and, and kind of affect our self-esteem. And the age we're living in now, especially, aging is not normal. It's not considered normal at all. If you look at 70-year-old celebrities, it's just, it's almost really like really, really, really bizarre to look at them. You know, because you know they're 70 or 75 years old and they have this long, flowing, gorgeous hair. And you think, where did that come from? <laughs> I know it can't be real. <laughs> or they have perfect, just perfect complexions. They have poofy lips. And uh, their tummies are tucked and their breasts are lifted. And, and it just, it kind of makes you just feel like, you know, how did all that happen? You know, I don't look like that and I'm not 70. And then not only is age, aging not considered normal, but being young isn't considered normal either. There's just a tremendous push in our society for very young girls to be sexy and grown up. We have all those things on the outside, but then we have all these things on the inside of us. You know, maybe, maybe we're a perfectionist, or maybe we're a slob, or a workaholic, or a sloth, or maybe we're critical, or sometimes we don't think in ourselves we're good enough, and sometimes we think we're better than everybody else. Anybody identify with any of those things? <laughs> sometimes we deal with feeling like we're, we never do things right or we're always trying to earn someone's love or approval. And, uh, but what I really want us all to know this morning is despite all of these things on the outside of us and on the inside of us, that we deal with and think about ourselves that God thinks that we're lovely and considers us treasures and thinks of each one of us as jewels. We see our faults and shortcomings, and we see other people's shorts and shortcomings and faults, but God sees jewels. He sees wonderful, wonderful jewels. Now, can you all name any jewels? Not people, but jewels themselves. Emeralds? Sapphire? Rubies? Diamonds, topazes, 
There's a lot of different jewels, and they all have different qualities, don't they? But they're all very valuable and precious. When you have a piece of jewelry uh, with one of these precious jewels in it, you treasure it, don't you? And you care for it. You make sure that you take care of it properly. Sometimes you have insurance on it to make sure if someone breaks into your house that, you know, you get reimbursed for whatever the value of it is. But God feels that way about you. You're his jewel, and he values you, and he treasures you. He watches over you. He wants to make sure that you're not lost or stolen. So we're going to talk about that this morning, God's jewels. And I want us to really think about that we need to look at ourselves the way that God looks at us. We don't look, need to look at ourselves like, oh, my neck is starting to sag, you know, or I'm getting hairs on my upper lip, or, you know, I've got too much cellulite, or I'm crabby, or I'm critical. We need to think of ourselves the way that God thinks of us, and we need to think of ourselves as precious jewels. And the first point I want to make is that you are a jewel, a precious treasure to God. And I put all these scriptures on a sheet of paper so that you'd have them, and you could take them home and read, read them. And whenever you get down on yourself and think you're stupid or dumb or, or not smart enough or whatever it is that you are plagued with, you just take this out and you read it, and you remember what God thinks of you. In Zechariah, the ninth chapter, the 16th verse, it says, The Lord their God will save them on that day as the flock of his people. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How attractive and beautiful they will be. See, God sees you as sparkling, like jewels in a crown. Isn't that an awfully good thought? That that is how God sees me. Let's all say that together. God sees me me. like a jewel sparkling in a crown. crown. That's pretty doggone important, isn't it? And some of you even have crowns on, so you can think you sparkle like that crown. Now, Isaiah 63, or 62, verse 3, it says, You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You know, that's just awesome. That's just awesome. God puts out his hand, and we're like a crown in his hand. We're that important that God would think of us that way. I just think that that's awesome, because this world can really beat us down. And just, just our own thinking can beat us down. But God sees us as a crown in his hand. Um, I think I lost my place. Thank you. First John 3, verse 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. God loves you so much that he would send Jesus Christ to die for you. I mean, there's no greater love than that. God loves each one of us that much that he would send Jesus Christ to die for us. There's nothing in us that God sees as not valuable enough to send his son Jesus to die for us. He didn't say, well, you know... She didn't recall, you know, that person's phone call, so, you know, Jesus is not going to go for her. Or God didn't say, oh, she didn't, you know, she didn't brush her teeth right this morning, you know, so we're not going to send Jesus for her. No, Jesus came for each one of us, no matter what our faults were, and the reason that he did is because his father, our father, loved us that much. And so I want us to remember that that you are a jewel, precious, a precious treasure to God, and that God loves you. 
The second thing I want us to remember is that God made us. He not only loves us, but he made us. He knew us before we were even formed. When we, before we were even conceived, God knew about us. He had a plan for our life already. He knew what color our hair was going to be, whether we were going to be short, tall, medium, you know. He knew what race we were going to be. He knew what family we were going to be in. And when we were in our mother's womb, the Bible says that he, he's the one that formed us. He crafted us. He's the one that put us here. And so we're important to him. We're really important to him. In Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We were created in God's image. And the Bible here says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter what you might think of yourself, you have been made wonderfully. You are very, very wonderful creation. Let's say that together. I am a wonderful creation. I am made in God's image. And I am wonderful. Let's say that with a little more enthusiasm. I am wonderful. No, I am wonderful. Amen. I agree with you. You are. <laughs> Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Not only did God create us and make us wonderful, but when he was creating us and forming us and making this wonderful creation, he was planning out things for us to do ahead of time, before we were formed. We were formed and planned and created wonderfully to do good works, to do good works that God has ordained for us. He planned in advance. He has things for you to do that he planned before you were even born. Isn't that exciting? That is so exciting to know that God has things out in front of my future that he knew about before I was even born. born, <laughs> Before I was even born. And you know, we need to seek God to find out what those things are so we can fulfill his plan. We need to spend time before him and ask him, God, what is it? What, what is this wonderful plan that you have for me to do? Because I want to do it. In Psalm 64, verse 8, it says, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. See, God has given us gifts and talents and abilities that are just to be used for his kingdom. You know how uh, I'm sure that you've all seen a potter with a lump of clay, and he has it on the wheel, and he has all this water, and it's all gooey, and he, he can shape a beautiful pot out of that clay. Well, that is what God wants to do with us. He wants to shape us and give us talents and abilities and make us the work of his hand as we grow and mature so that we do the work he's called us to do. And you might think, well, I, I want to do what I want to do. 
Well, if we seek God, God will get, put the desires in your heart that are his desires, that he will deposit inside of you the plan that he wants you to do, and that's the only thing that will really fulfill you. That's the only thing that will really take you where you need to be in your life. In Isaiah 49, verse 1, it says, Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. Do you know that up in heaven where God is, that he was making mention of your name before you were born? Isn't that awesome? I mean, he was up in heaven talking about Rebecca. So Rebecca, Victor, you know, when she, you know, is 18, this is going to happen. And when she's 25, this is the plan I have for her. And when she's 50, this is the plan I have for her. You know? And Maddie Tranchilla, he's, he was up in heaven before she was born. You know, Maddie Tranchilla is going to be born on a certain date, and boy, do I have some plans for her. You know? Isn't that awesome? That God was talking about you before you were born? I mean, you know what it's like if you've been around parents that are expecting a new baby. I mean, they're talking about that child, you know, if it's a boy or a girl, and how they're going to decorate the room and how they're going to feed it and how they're going to clothe it and the college fund and, and, you know, all these plans that new parents talk about for their children and planning way far ahead, you know. You've heard parents that are expecting a baby talk about who that baby's going to marry. <laughs> You've heard it, you know. My child's only going to marry blah, 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 you know. You've heard that. Well, God does the same thing. Before you're born, he's talking about you and the plans that he has for you, plans for good things for you, plans for you to prosper. The next thing I want to talk about is that God not only has a plan for our life and, and formed us and created us, but he cares for us. He cares for his jewels. In Isaiah 61.10, it says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me with, in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Wow, that is really neat. You know, when, when a bride is getting married, you know, I mean, there's a lot of preparation that goes into what she's going to wear, isn't there? You've got the undergarments, you've got the gown, you've got the veil, you have the jewelry, you have the manicure, they have the pedicure. I mean, there's the hair. I mean, one t I'm not real familiar with different hairstyles and stuff, but I did see one... <laughs> When somebody was, I think I was going to be in a wedding, and I had an updo. And they must have used 300 hairpins in my hair. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, but there is a lot that goes into adorning a bride. Well, that's what God is talking about here. It says, um, God clothes us like a bride getting ready for her wedding. That's how much thought and preparation and lavishness he wants to be on us. He wants us to be uh, or, uh, adorned like that. God really wants to bless us. If you look in the Bible, it talks about different kind of spiritual clothing here. It talks about a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. If you study in the Bible, it talks about all kinds of different crowns that God wants, God wants to give us. 
In Luke uh, 2.14, when Jesus was born, the angels said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what was announced when Jesus Christ was born on this earth. And if you look at that scripture, you see that, that God is saying peace and goodwill toward men. Now, well, that peace means prosperity, peace, quietness, and rest. That's what God wants to give us. And goodwill means satisfaction, delight, kindness, purpose, and good pleasure. That's how God wants to care for us. He wants to give us all those things, prosperity, peace, quietness, rest, goodwill, satisfaction, delight, kindness, purpose, and good pleasure. God wants to give us all of those things. He wants to clothe us, clothe us with those things. He wants to care for us in that way. In Matthew 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? <clears throat> so do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Wow, this is an excellent time of the year to read this scripture because the flowers are just all popping out and the green is all popping out and the trees are blooming. And you can see how creative God is and how wonderful his creation is and how beautiful the flowers are. And if you look at the flowers and know that God cares even more about you and wants to make you more beautiful than all of those flowers put together, you can see how much God cares and cares for you and appreciates you and loves you. And then I want to talk about that God has a plan for us. He called us all. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, we kind of covered a little bit of this before, that God has a plan for our life. But here it tells us exactly what that plan is. It's to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. And one thing that I do know is that God has these plans for us, but we can really, really, really mess them up bad. <laughs> Have any of you ever messed up the plan of God for your life? We all have. We all have because we're mortal human beings and we make mistakes. And we do things that are wrong sometimes and fall into sin. But the best thing in the world is if we can seek God, if we call upon him and pray to him and listen to him and find out what his plans are for our life and then actually walk in those plans. You can walk, walk in such prosperity and such blessing. Um, that you'll just be such a testimony to the people around you. 
you know, a lot, a lot of times we make mistakes and do things that are wrong, but you know what? We can ask God's forgiveness and get right back on his path. And the Bible talks a lot about redeeming the time. And God can, can help you redeem the time that you've lost when you've, when you've you know, slipped off the road that God has for you and you get back on it. God can really redeem that time. And uh, you can really see God at work restoring the things that you've messed up. In Philippians, the first chapter, the sixth verse, in the Amplified Bible, it says, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Wow, I could read that every day and it not get old. You know, we need to remember that, that like, whatever he started in you, he's going to work on completing it. He's going to work on completing it. You know, we can, we can mess things up, but God is still working on completing the work that he started in you. It's his desire that you fulfill everything that he's called you to do. It's his desire that you always stay on the right track, that you always seek him first. And Philippians 2.13 says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating you, in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God is working in you. He's working in you. And the best thing we can ever do is cooperate with him. And he'll keep, working on, he'll keep working in you whether you cooperate with him or you're always bucking him. But he's going to work in you to bring about his plan for your life. In Psalm 138, it says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. You know, sometimes we feel like God has abandoned us. And you just need to pull out the scripture and, scripture and declare over yourself, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. His love endures forever. Lord, don't abandon me. Don't abandon the work of your hands, and God won't. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 in the Amplified says, We are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together, with and for God, you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. See the different ways that God describes you? You're a garden. Aren't gardens beautiful? Gardens are beautiful to look at. And like vegetable gardens or fruit gardens are, are, produce a lot of good fruit. God calls you a garden and a vineyard and a field under cultivation. And we are God's building. We house the very presence of God. You know, next time you think that your knees are too big or, you know, you, you, you know, something wrong with your body, just think, no, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives on the inside of me, so I must be pretty doggone good. Amen? Your name, your name is recorded in heaven. Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. You know, our, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, if, uh, if we knew that uh, the president of China had our name written down in a book because we were 
you know, a good person, we'd think, wow, you know, somebody in China knows me? <laughs> they know about what I've done, you know? Or if, or if the president of, of, you know, Nigeria had it written down that Judy Davis makes the best desserts in town, you know, that'd be pretty neat that somebody in Nigeria knew about Judy's desserts, wouldn't it? <laughs> but somebody in heaven already has your name written down. Somebody better than the president of any country on the, on, the, on the globe. The Heavenly Father has our name already written down. It's already recorded in his books. Our names. Diane Shield is written in heaven. My name is written in heaven. That's exciting to me. That's really exciting to me. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. How important is that? We are God's jewels. And then the very last thing I want to say is the Bible says that you are a jewel of your pastor. You ever read that before? You are a jewel of your pastor. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 says, what For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you? Paul was speaking of those people that he ministered to you. So a minister or a pastor, when he goes before the Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes, the people that he ministers to are going to be his joy and his crown. So you're a jewel to your pastor. Wherever you go to church at, you're a jewel in your pastor's crown. Isn't that something pretty exciting? So, so we all need to act like it, amen? <laughs> oh, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we are important to you. We thank you so much that we are treasures to you, that we are your jewels, God, that we are your temple, that we are the bride of Christ. Father, we just ask that any time that we might think poorly of ourselves, that you would remind us of these scriptures, that we are very, very, very valuable, and that we are your treasured possession. We have great value. You formed us, Lord God, and you called us before we were even born. You have a plan for our life. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will reveal that plan to us and that you will guide us and form us and direct us and help us to stay on that path you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, ladies. Miss Vicki.